All right, welcome back everyone to another edition of In The Clinch with myself and my boy Joe. And, well, what can I say? What an unbelievable UFC card uh, we saw on the weekend. UFC 263, Marvin Vittori taking on Israel Adesanya in the main event. But as a card, as a whole, it was just, just a cracking card. Didn't disappoint whatsoever. In the prelims, some of the standout performances. What's his first name? Evloev, Joe? He's the fucking Russian monster Evloev, mate. He has no first name. He's just a tank. <laughs> Some Russian don called Evloev, who is now... Is he... Four, he's 15-0 and 0 now? Well, he's Movzar Evloev. Movzar Evloev. 15-0, 27 years old. Yeah. Ragdolled Hakim Dawodu. I was saying... We were saying last week, like, I've, I've heard of Hakim. And I know about Hakim. Haven't heard of this Evloev fella. But, yeah, it seems like we've got another little Khabib on our hands. He's such a problem at featherweight, man. He's going to... F- he matches up so well with pretty much everyone at featherweight. There's no one with really, like, tremendous Russian grappling. Yeah. Apart from maybe, like, Volkanovski, Ortega. But apart from that, they're all... Like we were saying a couple of weeks ago with Barbosa. Like, they're all just... They're all just strikers at 45. So, yeah, everyone's going to be a problem 100%. Big, big problem. He's going to murk everyone, is he? Wouldn't be surprised. And we had uh, Chase Hooper taking on Steven Peterson. Chase Hooper lost, but was kind of competitive on the ground. Did you catch? Did you get to catch that fight, mate? Yeah, it was decent, but I don't know, man. I feel a bit bad for Chase Hooper. Peterson came in like four pounds overweight and looked significantly bigger than skinny Chase Hooper, who's like younger than you and older than me. Fucking weighs less than both of us as well. And the guy who was fighting was just big, big yeah. as fuck, and just grappled fucked him. So he's pretty peak, man, but I guess Chase Hooper will learn a lot from that. You know, he's super young. He's like 21, so... If there's one fighter you think of who absolutely just not in a million years looks like an MMA fighter from the UFC yeah. roster, it's Chase Hooper. Like, like, I mean, he really does not look like a UFC fighter or an MMA mm-hmm. fighter in general. Uh, nah. He looks like a scientist. He really does. But, I mean, yeah, he, he'll only grow and he'll only learn from that. Uh, I know you wanted to tell uh, this guy's story, Terence McKinney, another standout performer from the prelims. So this guy, like I think what, five years ago, he was on LSD trip and a mushroom trip at the same time. And somehow he got, like police found him and he was just like, obviously on a trip of his lifetime. He got tased by police and he had cardiac arrest twice. I think he died for like... 78 seconds or something like that and literally like turned his life around completely and started doing MMA and then yeah on the weekends literally just ran a map for Vola and just hit him with a one-two and knocked him out straight away seven seconds and then he was so like over the moon fucking jumped up on the cage and when he landed he like blew his knee out like he completely fucked up his knee I'm pretty sure like his, his MCL must have gone because he, as he landed, you could hear it. And then he was just sitting on the floor. It's like so similar to Johnny Walker when he um, fucked up his shoulder ages ago. And then he's like talking to Joe Rogan. And he's like, <laughs> Joe Rogan's like, did you, did you injure yourself when you did that? And he's like, ah, oh, yeah. Joe Rogan's like, yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't do that anymore, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it was mad. There's not much else to say. It's like, I'm, I'm thrilled for the guy, but Dana White has been saying for so long, 
these guys who jump up onto the cage and then like do crazy backflips and shit. Someone's gonna blow out their knee. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> it's all it was bound to Mad happen. Mad thing is, he didn't even do a backflip. He literally like yeah. He like he like went on top of it and holds like that, and then literally he just drops. And his yeah. feet, it was a, it was kind of a freak one. Like yeah, it's fucking. What do you expect? You're jumping onto a canvas. It's like sort of spongy at all. It's like rock solid. It is. Um, it's it's pretty hilarious. The like uh, I guess the juxtaposition of being an MMA fighter and then <laughs> winning your fight and then getting injured celebrating. <laughs> Like you didn't get injured in yeah. a cage fight. You got injured celebrating winning a cage fight. In just ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, I mean, but fair credit to the guy, man. Like he's obviously so gassed over yeah. the moon. I'm sure UFC looked after him financially as a result of that like seven second finish. That's crazy. Very rare. Apparently, he didn't get a bonus. No, nah, I saw in the official mad. bonuses he didn't. But then I know Daniel White was asked about him afterwards, and he said, "No, don't worry. We're gonna." going to cut him something like we'll take care of him whether that oh, actually no. happens or not who knows but i'm sure it will next up on the prelims you had eric anders kind of just murked down stewart in the clinch and the grappling yeah. joanne coldwood and laura murphy they had a great fight but murphy edged a split decision and then the absolute standout of the prelims a fight that we were both bigging up for the last few weeks brad riddell drew dober lived up to exactly what we said it was going to be it was a stand-up war both guys throwing, landing bombs. Drew Dober dropped Riddell in the first. Dober landed more. He also like threw way more. But Riddell just showed how elite of a striker he is, I feel. Uh, his mm. counter-striking, his footwork, just his, his all-round understanding of stand-up is just on such a high level. And you can tell he... he I know Israel Adesanya said he he's learned a lot from Brad Riddell. So that just speaks volumes to... The kind of level he's operating at, the stand-up. Yeah, no, it was unbelievable fight. It was so so close as well. I think all three guys had it 29-28 to Riddell, but Drew Dober has got a ridiculous chin on him. Some of the shots he took, I mean, I'm not surprised. His head's like a block. He's it a is. proper, like, stocky, muscular guy. But yeah, it was a great fight. Both, like, essentially just a kickboxing Mai Tai fight. Uh, I guess we'll talk about this a bit later, but the thing with Riddell as well is that uh, I think he had a bit, not an off day, but him and Izzy both spoke about their mate and training partner, Fal... Falvarke. Falvarke, yeah, he was murdered a couple, like a month or so ago. Yeah. Um. So he was carrying that with him throughout his entire camp. Same with Izzy, and we'll talk about it later with Izzy as well. But yeah, I think considering that as well, he did an amazing job to secure the win. And yeah, like you say, he's just kind of a great matchup for him because Droba is just going to come forward. I'm surprised Droba didn't, didn't use any of his wrestling. thought that would be a place where he would have an advantage, but I feel like Droba probably fallen in love with his hands a bit and just wants to scrap. But yeah, Riddell just way more accurate and a bit more clinical, more of a sniper going forward than, uh, than Droba was. But yeah, fight of the night by far was yeah. a really good fight. Mate, Brad Riddell's a dog. Uh, I honestly think he's a problem at 155. He proved against uh, Magomed Mustafayev that his takedown defense is on point as well. So, yeah, I honestly think he's a problem at 155. And I think he can compete with anyone in the top 15. No issues. I think I think anyone at CKB, man, they're just like, they're just getting better and better and better. Yeah, simple as that. I think they're going forward. 
He'll only, he's only, how old is Brad Riddell? Do you know? I don't know actually, but he's a seasoned fighter. Yeah. Like he's even late, late twenties, late twenties, early thirties. He's a dog. Like he's very experienced in Muay Thai, and yeah, yeah, building an impressive MMA resume now. Yeah, so he's only twenty nine. So mm. like, he's only just coming into his prime. So yeah, I think he's definitely got big things ahead. I'd love to see him matched up. I thought he called out um, Gregor Gilles- or didn't call out Gillespie, but said he'd love to fight. Gillespie or... He was scheduled to fight Gregor Gillespie and it got cancelled. Like, he even flew over but then there was an issue COVID. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they were scheduled to fight. That'd be a scrap as well. I'd love to see that. So, in Volkanovski or Taker? I think it was around then, right, where they all got COVID, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see him fight Gillespie because that would really, really test his grappling and you'd see where he's at. But yeah, no, nothing but good things to come for Brad Riddell. And respect to Drew Dober. Because as you said, he took so many shots and kept on going. So just a wicked fight, fight of the night and deserved it. Then onto the main card. Wow. <laughs> First yeah. fight of the main card, Paul, uh, sorry, Paul Craig, Jamal Hill. We were bigging up Jamal Hill last week. Both predicted. We really, we, yeah. we shouldn't have done that, man. Paul Craig's <laughs> a fucking Scottish lad as well. Yeah. He's one of our own, really. Yeah. But I mean, Jamal Hill <laughs> just has looked great. He's undefeated as well. Paul Craig's got a couple of losses on his record and in the past has struggled with people with decent stand-up. But Paul Craig has come on leaps and bounds and his jiu-jitsu is just phenomenal. And he proved that again. He, he's It's very interesting to see someone pull guard. It's, it's quite rare to see right. as well in a, an MMA fight. But he did it really well, tied, tied up Jamal Hill, pulled guard, went straight to his back and then just started attacking submissions. Uh, he was cranking on his arm uh, from guard. Mm. It looked super uncomfortable at first, but then he he managed to transition to an armbar. I think he was like attacking. He was either attacking his right the whole time and then transitioned to the left, or was attacking his left the whole time and then transition uh, transition to the right. Um, it was just beautiful, man. It was such such perfect application of jujitsu from guard, like um, in an MMA fight. And yeah, ended up bad. Like at first, everyone thought he snapped Jamal's Hill uh, Jamal Hill's arm. But then it came out that it was just badly dislocated. But man, it looked fully broken. It was like flopping around inside Paul Craig's guard and Paul Craig was like smashing him on the head and kind of almost looked to the ref as if to say like, what are you doing? Can you not see his arms broken? Uh, and then eventually the ref kind of just clocked and was like, all right, maybe I should stop this because his arm looks like it's made of rubber now. <laughs> yeah, what were your thoughts on that one, mate? Yeah, well, firstly, the ref I heard was a uh, local ref from Arizona. And apparently a lot of the people who cover MMA there have said that he's just not a great ref, but yet somehow <laughs> continues to get, you know, the big fights and whatnot uh, around the <laughs> circuit in Arizona. So yeah, a horrendous referee. I mean, his arm was fucked. <laughs> he had no control over his arm at all. The best thing was when uh, when Paul Craig was interviewed and he goes, <laughs> I felt his arm floating around on my belly like I wet fish. But <laughs> And the most Scottish phrase, and just a bunch of fucking Arizonans, Arizonians, just like, what's he saying? But, uh, but yeah, man, his jujitsu is, ah, oh, it's beautiful, man. The way he, the way he cracked Hill's arms when he was in guard. Firstly, I think it was the left arm he had it tucked, and then he had both of them, and then the transition to the armbar was, mate, just beautiful to watch. It was so good. And I'm telling you, man, I think Craig Paul Craig is a big problem at light heavyweight. I mean, if you look at the rankings at light heavyweight, there's really no one. I don't think there's anyone who's even who has even close to the caliber of jiu-jitsu that Paul Craig has. They're all just kind of like 
Oh, don't get me wrong. Some of them have great grappling, but I don't think any of them have the caliber of jiu-jitsu that Craig has. So he'll be a massive, massive problem. I see he called out, or he said he wants the winner of Anthony Smith and Ryan Spann, which would be, I mean, him and Anthony Smith would be a great fight. I know he's only 15 in the rankings, but, you know, I mean, look at the guys above him. Honestly, he's a big problem for them. I'd love to see him fight like a Nikita Krylov or an Ankalaev. Someone who allow him to go to ground almost because, yeah, like you say, I think he's only had three losses. Uh, they all come from TKOs. So, yeah, but yeah, he's massively improved his stand up. He had those two wars of Shogun as well. He and said, then, what, the one great fight and then fucked him up. So, yeah, he said he learned his stand up in the UFC. So, just speaks to how high level his jiu jitsu is first because, yeah. Basically, just came into UFC as like some sick jujitsu guy, and he's just learned. Yeah, he's just learned how to stand up, basically on the fly within the UFC. I'm sure it will improve, and it has improved massively since his debut. So, yeah, the other thing with Craig as well was just like, mate, he's just a stone cold killer. The way he went for that arm straight away, he was like not fucking around straight away. He went, didn't like go for the tap. Went for the actual submission. Literally was just like, oh, you're not going to tap. Fine, I'll just snap your arm. And then when, even when his arm was lying there, he was just like, nah, fuck this. Continued to hammer at him. Like, he has that killer instinct where, nah, you're like, he's just going to, yeah, it's kill or be killed. But yeah, man, he's a he's a problem at like, everywhere. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Boy from the UK. Got to uh, yeah. support, the, support the lads. Won't be better to get against him again, mate. Nah, never again. Wrong, <laughs> <laughs> we both got wrong. Saying Jamala Hill will, yeah. uh, will win it. Before that, I was listening to Bilal Mohammed. Obviously, now going on to the. Uh, Mohammed Meyer fight and Mohammed was saying uh, on the bus to the arena he was with Hill and Hill apparently Hill was saying to Bilal like oh yeah we're both going up against jiu-jitsu guys we're going to smash these guys we're going to do well and then Bilal just watched him get his arm broken <laughs> and he said he was watching in the training room then just thinking fuck Paul Craig did that to him I'm about to fight fucking Damien Meyer <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah obviously thankfully Balao did exceptionally well not to get taken down in that fight. Yeah, that was a great fight. Well, it wasn't a great fight, but mad yeah. impressive from Balao to uh, to not get taken down at all. Yeah, I, I guess it, with Damian Meyer, it is a case of like, age catching up to him, but also mad credit to Balao for avoiding the takedowns. Just on um, Damian Meyer, Dana White's come out and said that's his last fight on his contract. He's done basically, with the UFC, whereas Damian Myers called him for one final fight. What, what's the fight Nate Diaz? Interesting. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, mate? I mean, I'd like to see it, I guess, but I do. I wouldn't really. I just think that Nate can have any fight he wants in the promotion. Like, literally, Nate could fight anyone, anyone at all. If he says, calls up the UFC and says, I want to fight Masvidal again, or I want to fight Tony, or there is final fights for him to have at the Fret Welterweight, or Lightweight. I would rather see him fight Nate Diaz in like submission underground or something. Um, I think the thing with Meyer as well is that it kind of shows the evolution of MMA now, and similar to Craig, like you, you can't be, you can't excel in MMA and specifically the UFC with only one skill set. You can't just be a fantastic jiu-jitsu practitioner. And obviously, Meyer is more than that, but you have to have different skills and different assets to game because people are just too good now you'll just get found out and that's just, just what Paul Craig proved you have to be able to adapt your skill set and have a much more broad variety of you know attack rather than you no know, my my went for like what 
13 single leg takedowns and didn't land any. And then, you know, he didn't do anything. He had no backup plan. And it's like, well, you know, you have to be able to adapt so that if you can't get a takedown or start throwing hands or, you know, do something else or other. But... And to what, to add, adding on to what you just said, like if you look at every single UFC champion now, there's not one that's just uh, excels in one area and then just kind of shit everywhere else. Like, yeah, they're all extremely well rounded. Even like Adesanya, I know he's a phenomenal kickboxer, but look at how his grappling's come on. He's way more than just a kickboxer now. He's like the full exactly, package. Yeah. He's the full package. And the same goes to pretty much every UFC champion now. So it just shows how, how the game's evolved. You, you can't be singular in your approach anymore. But yeah, moving on from that one, we had Leon Edwards taking on Nate Diaz, what was a thoroughly entertaining scrap. Leon honestly proved that he's he's elite. He's world-class. He's a world-class welterweight. In my opinion, deserves to fight for the title. Basically put on a clinic for four rounds and... <laughs> 24 minutes, basically. Yeah, yeah essentially. <laughs> and then Nate Diaz just brings out the dog in the last minute of the last round, classic Nate Diaz lands a beautiful right hook, straight left combo, and puts Leon on wobbly legs for the final minute. Leon, all credit to him for not getting finished and for recovering and kind of staying on his feet. But man, Nate Diaz is just such a dog. Uh, it's so impressive to see every time he does anything like that. It's just, uh, it's why everyone loves him. He's the realest of the real. And uh, but now mad credit to Leon as well because he was landing some heavy shots. He cut up Nate Diaz. Uh, but yeah, as I said, just a thoroughly entertaining fight. Yeah, I, listen, all credit to Leon, right? And Leon is an unbelievable fight. He's so well rounded in every department. Like the trips, no one talked about the trips. Nate oh. Diaz came out in that fifth round, ready to go, and Leon just went bang, put him on his ass, and just completely diffused all the momentum. Like so beautiful, his elbows. Well, he took Nate's back twice, his grappling. He totally dominated him. The only thing I will say is, I think Leon is almost like a low-risk, low-reward fighter in terms of he won't put the pressure on and go for a finish because he doesn't think that the risk is worth it. And I don't just mean that in this fight, right? Because obviously against Nate Diaz, like he's, in, he's the guy's indestructible. But you look at his fights against like Cowboy, Gunnar Nelson, RDA, He's just like very conservative. He doesn't he doesn't pressure forward. And there are times in that fight where I just thought if Leon could just pre- put the pressure on and just walk him down, he could, in the way Masvidal did, he could finish him. And that's the only fault I would have of him because this was his chance to put his name out to really, to really like put stake a claim as to why he needs to fight for the belt next. And he did that up until the final minute of the fight where Nate just Mate, I mean, that might be the cleanest combo I've ever seen in my entire life. That right stopped and slap and that straight. The way he ducks under the hook from Leon as well and then points at him. I mean, poetry in motion, but that'd be my only hesitant hesitation with Leon because I think if, mate, if Usman lands that, you're toast. That's exactly so, what I was thinking. It was like, that's, yeah. Nate, that's Nate Diaz. He's not known for having heavy hands. Yeah. That's Usman landing uh, that shot in the last round. Uh, Leon, mate, you might be going to sleep, but exactly. And I, I don't think he beats Usman either. Like mm. I think Usman is levels above everyone. And like, look, I want to. I, I love. I love Leon. I love the way he fights. He fought the perfect fight in that fight. But yeah, I'm just. I hope he gets a title shot next. 
I, obviously, they're going to do Colby v Usman and then Leon after. But I would love to see Leon fight Masvidal. I don't think he will, but that's the fight to make, I think. But I don't know. It's a great fight, though. He thoroughly enjoyed it. And, mate, even in when, when Nate Diaz loses, his stock rises. Like, it, the guy is just... How, oh, I mean, he's a legend, man. If you're a, a combat sports fan, how can you not like Nate Diaz, man? Yeah. Like, he just says what he thinks. He doesn't give a shit what anyone thinks about him. Lots of sparks up a joint at the pre-fight press conference. <laughs> and at the post-fight. And at the post-fight. Fight. <laughs> man, he's just a oh. G. He's just a straight-up G. Um, he's such a legend. I saw he... See, Leon tweeted as well after the fight. Well, he said he's tweeted out... Uh, Nate told me after the fight, don't let these motherfuckers tell you you ain't shit. Name your price or they will name it for you. And I felt that. And it's things like that as well. Like, Nate, no, real recognizes real. There was a, see the bit in, I think like the fourth round when Leon landed a heavy right hand. And Nate was like, oh yeah, good one. And I think it was like just before that, I think maybe Leon might have eye poked him or something. And yeah. Leon put his, put his arm out to touch. Nate slapped his hand. Leon gives him both fingers, full barrel right in his face. It's shit like that. It was just awesome. It was such. It was a well entertaining fight. Yeah. Another can... another note on how real he is. You know when Leon swept him in the last round, it's a mad yeah, Muay Thai yeah. sweep. He gets up, he just nods, and he's like, "Yeah, that was sick." And then like puts out his hand to be like, "Yeah, that was nice." Like he yeah. knows when you've done something good. Like he's just Nate's just a sick guy, man. Such a likable yeah. fighter, bro. His chin is just like it's out of this world. He's indestructible, I swear to God. Like, I don't see how... Some of the elbows that Leon was landing. That's the thing yeah, as he's... well, though. Like, you say Nate, um, Leon's low low, low risk, low reward kind of style. But he landed shots in that fight. I honestly think the yeah. finish would finish so many people. But Nate is sure. so tough and so durable and has the cardio of a fucking insane, like, triathlete. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, um, no, you're so right. You're so but, right. But... Oh, yeah, at the same time, on that sort of low-risk idea with, with Leon, right, I think he's trying to take like a Floyd Mayweather approach where you hit. Yeah. That Essentially, that is the, that's the art of fighting is hit and don't get hit. And Leon yeah. is trying to master that kind of style so that from a damage-taking um, standpoint, he's able to last longer in his career. But I think you're – I do think you're right. I've watched a lot of his fights and thought, mm, you could probably – you could probably press right now or like you probably take yeah. a few more risks here, but I'll be honest. I'd love to see him fight someone like Bilal again, because I'd love to see him just fight almost a lower caliber of fighter so that he could get the knockout. That Cause I don't think he's even, I think his last, he's on a 10 fight win streak, but I think only like two have finished. I think they've all been decisions. He's and like fair play. Like he's, there's nothing wrong with that. I just think, for him to become the star that he deserves to be, he needs those moments. Because that's what yeah. that's all people care about is moments. Like people mm. remember that moment where Nate Diaz stopped and slapped right hand point more than they remember, you know, all the moments when Leon was literally just destroying him. I think there's a good chance he'll be a bit of a slow burner. A bit like Usman, because people were saying the same thing about Usman for a very long yeah. time. They were saying like, oh, he's good, he's great, but he, he he just decisions everyone. Like, he's not that entertaining. And look at him now. So all you need is a few big performances, big, you know, knockout or two finishes, and Leon will be right on the map. So, Bro, Leon's 29. There you go. He's not even in his athletic Not even prime. in his peak. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Expect big things from Leon, man. I, I, I appreciate 
the performance he put on because if he didn't get rocked in that last round, everyone would just be saying, wow, he's unreal. He just five yeah. rounds shot out with Nate Diaz. That's that's amazing. <laughs> um, he still should be as well. Like he, I just think this is the only thing is I think Usman beats him. I think Usman knocks him out. So it's like, you know. I'm I'm very interested to see how it looks now, though, given the win streak that yeah, Leon's definitely. On and the sort of how far Usman's come in his career as well. I'd, I'd be really interested to see how 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 that fight looks now. And I think I'd probably tend to agree with you that Usman's just a slightly higher level than everyone else. But even in yeah. their fight, wasn't it? Was it a decision? Decision, yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. I. But then, uh, yeah, Usman's striking has come on leaps and bounds. So, yeah, that'd be a fascinating matchup now. One I'd love to I see. I think he's the other thing with Leon as well is that you look at his, you look at his record, right? Nate Diaz, Bilal Muhammad, RDA, Gunnar Nelson, Donald Cerrone. That's his last five, right? So Cerrone, RDA, and Nate are all they're not legit welterweights, really. Yeah, Bilal and Gunnar Nelson aren't the biggest. Usman is fucking huge. Yeah, in the grappling, I think Usman would dominate him big time. And I just think, I just think there are levels, man. I think I just I can't see Leon. I can't see Leon knocking Usman out. Uh, and I don't see how he can win that way. And I there's no way I see Leon winning a decision against Usman. I just think Usman stole. I think he would just pressure Leon to the point where Leon he would just drown him. I think I don't think he. I think Leon's still got a way to go, definitely in the future, but at the moment, I think if I were him, I would fight Masvidal. I understand why he wants to title fight, but I think it would be a better career move for him to rack up a couple more wins. I know he's on a 10-fight win streak, so he wants the title, but yeah, at 29, I think if he, even if he loses to Usman, though, his time will come again 100%. He's yeah. not going anywhere. I think he might be surprised, though. I, don't, I, I, I can't remember seeing anyone's control... Leon Edwards in the grappling he's, he's actually got extremely underrated grappling so I don't know if Usman would just piece of cake hold him against the cage and take him down the way he has other people I know he yeah. didn't he didn't their first fight but Leon's a totally different fighter now um, yeah I guess it's the same with all rematches who's made the most improvements or who's improved the most absolutely um, absolutely which yeah. leads us on really nicely to the yeah. rematch that took place in the co-main event between... Brandon Mora fucking Haino, <laughs> Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueredo. Their first fight was an all-time classic. And then the second fight... Hey, their, fe- their second fight is an all-time classic as well. It was well. an all-time classic, but it was more of a just a dominant performance by Brandon Moreno. Figueredo had very few moments and Moreno just looked like he was on from the, from the word go. Made very few mistakes, looked pumped, dropped Figueredo with a jab, I believe, in the first round. Uh, and then ultimately ended up taking him down, was it in the third? Yeah, so I think he sort back. of initiated clinch and then yeah. transitioned to the back. And from there, yeah, I mean, it was just a matter of time. Finished Figueredo with a rear naked choke. And Figueredo is someone who's got extremely high-level grappling as well, which, man, it was just so impressive for Moreno. Mate, I'll be honest... <laughs> I had tears in my eyes watching that. Especially, we didn't get to talk about it last week, but obviously, like, Figueredo was, um, like, the, almost the star. No one spoke about Moreno. And after watching the Embedded uh, series and the press conference, mate, Moreno might be the nicest guy in the UFC. 
I don't know if you saw that picture of uh, him in the Lego store <laughs> wearing his Zelda T-shirt. The guy's he's he's such an innocent, like sweetheart, and then he just goes out there and dominates Figgy. Like it wasn't even close. There was not a second of that fight that was close. He he just looked so crisp, so good. His striking was beautiful with jujitsu, his wrestling. I saw it was interesting in the Embedded series when he was about to weigh in. He had a really cool altercation with Marvin Vittori and he asked Marvin Vittori how his weight cut was. And Marvin said, yeah, it was good. How was yours? And uh, Moreno said, yeah, it was a bit tougher this time because I'm bigger, but that's good. And Marvin was like, yeah, it's a good thing. Your opponent cuts a lot of weight. And 100% that had a lot to do with the fight. Moreno was bigger. He was bulkier. And Figgy had a horrendous wake up, no doubt. He weighed in with 40 seconds to go. And he looked, I mean, you've got to think 125 pounds is like this, the weight of a toddler anyway. He's massive and for that Figgy, weight class. Mate, he looked so bad. I saw in the embedded series as well, he was he was like crying after he weighed in, getting carried. I can only imagine the pain he was in. But yeah, he looked totally off. I mean, Moreno just looked like a fucking animal. He looked so good. Viva Mexico. They've got their first ever Mexican-born UFC champ. And, uh, man, his post-fight interview was just inspiring me. It was sick to see. Honestly, man. The crowd in Arizona was so behind him. Even from the pre-fight press conference, you could tell that he was going to be received very well, and he was. And it was just sick to see, man. And I know, I think they've got quite a big Mexican population in Arizona. Yeah, well, it's literally just above the border. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, man, it was just wicked to see. Wicked to see. Um, do you I think it, it, yeah, one of the interesting things is, uh, I think it just, it really shows how, just how far the UFC's come. Firstly, it's insane that they were ever going to cut flyweight. I mean, can you imagine if they got rid of flyweight? You have no Figueredo, no Cejudo, no Moreno, got Askar Askarov in the wings, Kaikara France, Brandon Royval. I think it kind of just shows how the UFC products, how good their marketing machines become. Because they built Figgy up, right? Like Figgy was in the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the world. He was, you know, the next superstar. He was five of the year last year, fought three times. You know, animal. Him and Moreno have an absolute war. Like, fight of the year contender. And then Moreno has, I think, 24 weeks. He was saying that, like, they fought on, I think, the 12th of December last year. And then he literally cancelled Christmas. He was like, nah. Christmas, no way. Moreno just trained straight for 24 weeks, did everything that he had to do. Came out of that fight, looked insane, made the perfect adjustments, was way bigger, dominate Figgy. And now you have the first ever Mexican champion. So you just open up a whole new market in Mexico. Obviously, you have like Cain Velasquez, Calvin Gastelum, but a legitimate Mexican native from Tijuana. You you can just capitalize a whole new market now. It just shows how the UFC. No, you think that guys are on not untouchable per se, but you, like no one who thought Moreno was going to win that. Uh, I predicted it, but honestly, I didn't. Oh yeah, no, you did. To be fair, yeah, I didn't. I'm not sure. I firmly believed that. Like I, they, I could absolutely see Figueroa just coming out and smashing him to bits because he's an yeah. animal, and he he'd been saying throughout that he wasn't 100 percent in the first fight, and then I thought, hmm, mate, you could be right because. Yeah, he's just a machine and yeah, such a scary guy at that weight division. He's got insane power. 
And Reno took that fight on three weeks' notice. Yeah. The yeah. first fight. Mate, mate, Moreno's a beast. He's such a beast. And now he's hopefully, hopefully takes being a champion in his stride. I know it messes with some people, but I hope he takes it in his stride and he, he can become a long-reigning champion. Because as you said, he's such a likable guy. Seems like one of the yeah. nicest guys going. Um, oh, yeah. Some comic book nerd, but he's also just an absolute machine. So yeah, more power to him. He's just is a beast, and I'd love to see him go on a tear now. And yeah, up another thing I'd like to mention as well: the way Figueroa took the loss was immense. Yeah, I mean, no, it's class. so classy, man. Like he lifted up Moreno, was celebrating with him, no bitterness whatsoever. It's just great to see. Really great to see. That was that was awesome, man. But anyway, that leads us on nicely to the main event: Adesanya, Israel Adesanya taking on Marvin Vittori. We both predicted last week that Izzy would get a finish at some point. It was all down to who'd improved more. We were right in that Izzy has improved more, his overall game. Uh, I think he defended the takedowns really well, takedown attempts. Wasn't really held down for a meaningful period of time. And then on the feet, he just did his thing and looked far better than Marvin. How Marvin thinks he won that fight, once again, is just fucking it's yeah. delusional. It's delusional. I'm he needs to just humble himself a little bit and like just accept a loss. He'll feel so much better for having done that. And it'll allow him to improve as a fighter if he if he changes his attitude in that respect. Because his ego won't let him allow him uh, won't allow him to accept a loss when it was a blatant loss. Yeah, I mean, like you say, I think like what we were saying earlier, you just can't. You can't be too so one-dimensional in the UFC anymore. Like, and that was all Marvin's entire game plan was just taken down. And then when that didn't work, he just carried on doing it instead of, you know, I don't, I don't want to like you know armchair quarterback like sitting here in my fucking room. Like I'm not a fire by any means, but you know you got to mix it up a bit. I thought there was room for him to attack the body a bit. He kind of he didn't do anything really. He just kind of let Izzy piece him up. Um, I think he, I mean he took his ba- Izzy's back at one point, which was pretty impressive. To be fair, I don't know Izzy Izzy was saying that oh, he thought he won or whatever, but mate Izzy was shitting himself. You look at the fight, look at Izzy's face when he takes his back. It's not yeah, uh, but yeah. I mean credit to Izzy. Izzy looked uh, awesome. Took his leg home with him, pieced up that front leg. Uh, as we said he would. And, yeah, I think it just wasn't his best performance, I would say, Izzy, even though I, th- I really do think that to carry the loss of uh, Falvarque's mate, was big for his whole team. You know, I think Izzy, I just don't think it was his best performance, but I think yeah. it literally just shows how good he is because even not on his best day, he produces a performance like that. I, th- I think people do need to give Marvin Vittori some credit, though. I think he's improved a lot since their first fight. Um, his stand-up defence, like his head movement has actually improved quite a bit. And it, it, Izzy's, pr- Izzy's now gone eight rounds with that man. Hasn't yeah. been able to land anything like extra... I mean, he's landed some clean shots, but he hasn't, he hasn't rocked him. And it, Yeah, Marvin is as tough as they come. Yeah, he's tough. And he's, he's not actually that easy to hit as well. And you saw that in the fight and even in their first fight more so I mean I think he landed a bit more but it was a five rounder so either way it just uh, as you said not 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 on his great best day is he not not his best ever performance but still just gets it done and he's, he's an active champion 
He's not one of yeah. those guys who says he's going to fight however many times a year. Like, he fights all the time. And that's the most impressive thing. I think I saw a stat today that was saying since, I think if you look at the amount of fights he's had since 2018 when he made his debut, he averages a fight every three and a half months, which is insane, considering he was a champion within, what, like, what, five or six fights into his mm-hmm. UFC debut? Mm-hmm. I will say that the one thing I took away from the fight was I think the only way you can beat Izzy is by submission, submitting him in a scramble. I really think that's the only way. I think you have to, it has to be like a, you know how like Tony used to just get people in darses? Yeah. And that was it. It was a wrap. I think that's the only way you can beat him. I think mm-hmm. he's too good. Takedown defense is too good. His his grappling is phenomenal as well. The way he was transitioning uh, around Marvin on the floor was exceptional. But I, I think that's the only way you can beat him. I think you have to hope that in a scramble, you can just grab hold of his arm or neck and pull guard as quick as possible and try and tap him there. Because I, I just don't see any other way you beat him. I think his the way he uses reach and distance is phenomenal. His head movements off the charts, his strike and his feints. What do you think? I'm pretty sure that that's from what thing. I can see, that's literally the only way you can beat him. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I heard you say before that Marvin, there was like room to hit the body and stuff, but is he just freezes? Yeah. He freezes you with his movement. He freezes yeah. you with the amount of feints. He's never stood still. He's never just stood in front of you. He's such a, he's such a difficult puzzle to work out on the feet. He's, he's just so experienced in kickboxing. He's got like over a hundred fights now. In, yeah. across his you know professional kickboxing professional MMA so he's yeah. just so experienced he's got such an encyclopedia of like knowledge of what, what shots to throw when to move what angles to move at when how to move his head when to counter when not to counter he's just he's just a sick stand up fighter and as you say I don't I don't see anyone finish him on the feet yeah, we, could, no we could be wrong it is MMA could the next fight just bang gets fucking yeah, knocked out so who, who really could, knows but, but um, yeah. it's, it's unlikely, I'd say, especially at 185. That is the thing I thought as well, though. A few times when he was standing, like, far too upright and kind of not... There was just a few times when I thought, man, he needs to be careful because he's kind of... You know, when he's sort of standing there and he's just kind of just bopping his head a bit, mm. I was just thinking, you know, I don't know if you can be doing that against someone like Roy Wicker because they're too quick, but... Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I think Henry Whitaker is, mate, sign me up. I'm so down for that. That would be, yeah. I would love to see how Whitaker makes his adjustments from that. He's looked flawless since uh, he lost to him. Yeah. And I think he would have seen that as well. I think he knows. Probably the only way you can beat him is, I want to just really think a submission in the scramble is the only way. You have to be, there's no way you can methodically break Z down, I don't think. Yeah. I think it has to just be something off the cusp like a lucky shot where you wobble him or, you know, you grab hold of his arm or he leaves his neck exposed in a scramble. But yeah, I think props to both of them because it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't the most entertaining fights, but is he just completely stylistically bad, bad yeah. Marvin? I'm I'm so fascinated to see that uh, Whitaker-Adesanya rematch because I, yeah. don't, I don't think Whitaker was in the right place mentally that first fight. Yeah, no way. And I don't know if he truly was able to like, represent himself so I would love I I can't wait to they they're obviously gonna have a rematch. Whitaker's just been on a tear. So yeah, I can't wait for that rematch, man. Sure, I'll go to champion Izzy as well because Robert Whitaker Izzy again. It's quite a tough fight to sell because Izzy shot him out completely and it's a rematch. 
So Izzy gets on the mic straight away, calls him a cunt, and he's like, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so straight away off the bat, you've got, right, there, done. The next fight, promo's already built up, you know, a genuine animosity between them. I don't think there is, but, you know, Izzy makes it seem that way. I think the way Izzy carries himself as a champion is just superb as well. He knows when to talk shit, but he's also pretty respectful. He's just genuine as well. He's really authentic. Like, I would agree with everyone that sometimes, yeah, maybe he's a bit cringy, but I think he's just being himself. He's just doing what he wants. And that's the key. That, that's better than someone who's putting on an act because yeah. he's authentic as fuck. If you compare him to, like, Conor McGregor, for example, as just as a champion, he's defended after he's won the title, right? I'm not sure you can say that about McGregor. Do you ever defend his title successfully? Nah. nah. Uh, he actually, like... So he's he's given Whitaker his rematch because Whitaker's earned it, right? There's been times where... So, so say, like, McGregor never gave Aldo a rematch. McGregor never gave... I don't know. Well, Eddie Alvarez, he kind of just fucked every Eddie Alvarez up. <laughs> he, he kind of destroyed. He gave well. he gave Nate Diaz a rematch only, but only because he lost. I tell yeah. you what, that's something I, I was going to say earlier. Nate's stock in that fight has gone up so much. Now, I was I was I was always excited for the inevitable trilogy between Connor and Nate, but after seeing that, mate, fucking let's fucking do it. I reckon oh. Nate beats Connor. You know, mm. I reckon Nate just drowns him. I don't think Connor can keep up with him for another five rounds. At least, uh, at least in uh, a Diaz McGregor trilogy, McGregor won't have to worry about low calf kicks. Yeah, word, (laughs) mate. I'll tell you what as well. Nate Diaz be Dustin Poirier. Yeah, that was taken from us as well. Mm. Like we went to have that in like two thirty six or something. But yeah, that would be. A tremendous fight. I'd, I'd um, still, I'd still watch uh, Nate Diaz, Tony Ferguson. Oh fuck yeah, man! Mate, fuck I'd yeah. love to see that. So this is—I was meant to—I was going to ask you this last week. This is off topic, but I would rather see. Now this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think I'd rather see Colby fight Dustin than Colby fight Masvidal. Wait, what? <laughs> so I'd rather see Colby Covington fight Dustin Poirier. Then see Colby Covington fight Masvidal. What? Are you, what's your reason for that? Because I've heard apparently ATT apparently Dustin and Colby hate each other even more than Masvidal. Apparently there's even more genuine animosity between them. Like there was a video, Colby released a video of Dustin supposedly knocking out this guy in sparring, and Colby was just talking all this shit. And I've heard from like numerous uh, reporters and fighters that. Apparently, there's there's so much genuine animosity between the two of them, but Dustin is just like because he's he's uber respectful, different weight classes. He just hasn't mentioned it, but I think they match up better than Masvidal and Colby do. I think Dustin is so big for featherweight, and Colby's not the biggest welterweight. I don't think Colby would be able to dominate Dustin in the grappling in the same way I think he would be able to dominate Masvidal. So I just think they match up slightly better than yeah. uh, Masvidal and Colby do. Everything you say makes total sense. And for that reason, I totally agree. <laughs> I'd love to see yeah, that fight. I, hope. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see that fight so much. I, really, I hope we get it one day, but... Yeah, I, I, don't, don't, I don't think we're going to see Masvidal back for a while now, either. Mate, I, there's so many good fights for him to have, though. 
There is, but like obviously just health wise, I think he should chill. Because that yeah. KO, that KO was bad. Really bad. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, good to finish up on a few fights that were announced uh, yesterday. Got Vincente Luque with Michael Chiesa. Mm. Number five and number six at World Weight fighting that's each other. A, that's a really interesting stylistic matchup as well. Grappler yeah. versus striker, essentially. Mate, if Michael Chaser manages to make a Vincente Luque fight boring, then I might never watch him fight again. Mm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like you say, stylistically, it is a, and it's four and five, uh, sorry, five and six as well. So it makes sense. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's a great fight for Luque, I have to say. What was the other fight I saw that was announced? So, Marab Devashvili yeah. fighting Marlon Marais. Yeah. That's a great fight. That's, That's similar as well to Grappler against a striker. That's good matchmaking. Um, I like that. That is a great matchmaking. I got Marab in that fight. You know? I think Marab's going to fuck Marlon up. Just grapple fucking. <laughs> Marab's striking is getting, on, getting really, really good as well. His last fight, his boxing was looking really clean. Training with Longo, Sarah, and Jim there. So. Mm. Don't know if he'll yeah. outbox Marais. Marais is on a bit of a skid, though, isn't he? I think he's he is. Four, five. Four. have every, everything to fight for. Yeah. Um, no, you're not wrong. So this week we've got uh, Dan Ige v. the Korean Zombie, Chan Sung Jung. Great fight, to be fair. Two strikers. The Korean Zombie making his comeback as well after Ortega smashed him. Oh, and another standout. Uh, fight on that card Marlon Vera Cheeto. yeah it's fighting the Brit Davy Grant the wild that's man. a great fight that could be a scrap that it's always just weird scrap. when you have such a big pay-per-view and then the next week you've got a fight night it's just always a bit like uh, like a bit of a calm down but yeah though, and Olenek's fighting um, Sergei Spivak yeah so three decent fights there on the main card I think Dean, Dan Ige is going to piece up Korean Zombie I have to say after that flipping crazy knockout of Gavin Tucker, that was ridiculous, man. We'll wrap it up there. Uh, another one in the bag. Big one, yeah. Phenomenal fights. Shouts to the champ, Izzy Adesanya. Shouts Mexico. Paul Craig. Yeah. Mexico, yeah. Yeah, Brandon Marino. You've, Mexico's got a champ. And, uh, Diaz Army. Shouts Stockton. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Shout to Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> Jamaica. Everyone. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that's one of the maddest things about this. The main card, you had a Scotch, a Scot versus an American, a Palestinian via Brazilian, a Brit via an American, a Brazilian via Mexican, and an Italian via Kiwi. Kiwi, so, a Nigerian Kiwi. It was a, yeah, exactly. a truly metropolitan, multicultural fight card. <laughs> hey, 21st century, yeah. mate. Keep it up, UFC. Love to see it. <laughs> the representation eh? the world in motion (laughs) (laughs) Uh, football's coming home as well just want to say that yeah made out clear football's fucking coming home Uh, everyone take care Um, have a great week enjoy this weekend's fights and uh, enjoy the Euros as well I know it's not really fight related but we all love it so yeah take care everyone and yeah I'll see you in the next one